that time, the sports talker. Here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody, and happy Monday to you here, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Trevor, we should probably start the show by saying this. My voice is a little hoarse, and that is because I was at the Breeders' Cup on Saturday, came out even, had some ups, had some downs, so uh, an unbelievable time. We'll talk more about that as American Pharaoh completes the Grand Slam. Trevor, I doubt we ever see that again in our lifetime which that's actually, that's kind of a hot take right off the bat. I, I Just because I don't know how how often horses will win the Triple Crown, how many are left in our lifetime. I mean, optimistically, maybe three or four. And then you got to wonder out of those horses, who's actually going to race in the Breeders' Cup. If all of them do, then uh, that's still a hard race to win. So we might have just witnessed history that will not happen again in our lifetimes. I hope to be wrong because this was a hell of a horse season. I don't know if it'll ever be matched, but that is why my voice is a little hoarse is cheering on American Pharaoh this weekend. Trevor, how was your Halloween weekend? Uh, it was excellent. I do love the uh, the pun on words with the uh, horse. My voice is hoarse because I was reading on a horse, of course, of course. But then if there was a horse that spoke, his name would be Mr. Ed. And I and I agree. I, I, the now the triple crown thing. I can't. I don't want to say that we'll never see that again because there was a long stretch at one point, and then there was what like three of them in a five year span in the seventies. So we could see something where something for all we know next year someone will win the triple crown or in two years a triple crown. It, it may happen that way, but in terms of the grand slam that is known of winning the triple crown in the Breeders' Cup, I think we did witness it, the only one we'll see in our lifetime because I don't know how many horses. After now that American Pharaoh's done it, and I, and I think we all kind of agree American Pharaoh needed to do it and at least go for it because of the state that the horse racing's in. I just can't see if another Triple Crown in the next, even in the next inside of the next decade, would have the desire or, I, I, for better ter- lack of term, for cojones to to go for the Triple Crown or go for the Grand Slam. Excuse me. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But again, triple we how long do we go without a triple crown winner? Thirty five years, thirty seven years. Like I said, they went. I think it was like twenty something, thirty something when Secretariat won it. But then you had after Secretariat was which was seventy three, you had back to back in seventy seven, seventy eight. So I mean, it's I I don't want to go off and say it's not going to happen. And we saw so many close close calls, you know, within a ten fifteen year span since you know the late nineties. That well, man. there's only been 12 horses to do it all together. I don't want to say never, but the, the, in terms of the the grand slam of things that is winning the Triple Crown and the Breeders, that I might sit back and say yes. Uh, that may be something we've never seen again because I just wonder if a horse does win a Triple Crown again, unless it's in maybe 30 years again, and hopefully we're both still here, that I don't see it going for the grand slam because this was an exception. This was a year that where – It'd been so long since there had been a triple crown. It almost made sense to go for the gusto, go for the, go for the all, go for it all, go for the gold. You know, go you know one speed, and that's Cajona's out. You know, and that's what American Pharaoh did. If a triple crown is won in, in, in a in a brief time since American Pharaoh's goal this year, say ten years, I just can't imagine a horse doing anything after the triple crown at that point. And the and the owners, of American Pharaoh, the Zayads are they 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 seem a little. Different in a good way. My statistician said, by the way, it was 25 years between the, the uh, run that we had in the 70s. Okay. 
Jack is my <laughs> statistician behind me now. It was from 48 to 73. He's my he's my Tony Reale. So Jack's <laughs> math adds up. I can confirm that. Uh, but it was it, Keeneland, if you were able to make it out there, and uh, our contest winner on Friday, his name's escaping me, Allen, Allen I believe. Yeah, it was Allen. Uh, Allen, I was able to get him the tickets. Uh, so he was out there. Hopefully he's listening today. Maybe he was just listening for the tickets, and uh, that's it. But uh, Do you feel it used? was a great time. It was a great time, and I've been to Keeneland. Uh, people have been to Keeneland more than me over the past five years, but I generally try to go once in the spring and once in the fall. You got to remember it's only open a month. And one, there's been times where it's been more crowded. There's been several times where it seemed more crowded. Uh, There have been probably every time that I've gone to Keeneland where the traffic was worse. Every time I've gone to Keeneland, the line was longer to get beer. The line was longer to place a bet. The line was longer to cash a ticket. Uh, the bathroom line on Saturday was the only thing that was semi-bad, but it still went pretty quickly. You're a guy. You, you don't have to actually use the bathroom in the uh, traditional sense of the term. Well, when you're inside Keeneland, you do. Yeah, I'm sure you can find a crevice somewhere. No, no, you, no, you cannot. People aren't just going around peeing all over Keeneland, Trevor. This isn't Churchill Downs. <laughs> oh. It's classy. <laughs> I, you know, in th- that being said, this may come as a shock a little bit. I don't know if I've told you this already, but. I've never been to Keeneland. That is a shock, and that's disappointing. I, I wish we could do something to change that. I've been to Churchill Downs, obviously, on numerous occasions. And I've been to the racetrack in Chicago a couple times, but never been to Keeneland. But that's, that is disappointing. It, 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 was, uh, it wasn't sunny, but the temperature was great, perfect, perfect fall day. And, again, not crowded inside Keeneland. I guess they just did a great job of spreading people out, making sure people were in the spots that they were supposed to be. Traffic, it was unbelievable. There was, Trevor, and I'm not exaggerating, there was none of it. There was none heading in, and there was none heading out. And I I don't know what they did or what their game plan was, but it, it worked perfectly, even with Kentucky football playing and people traveling to Commonwealth Stadium after the Breeders' Cup, some traveling back to Louisville. There was no traffic to be found. Uh, you didn't have to wait all that long to get a beer, to get a drink, whatever you wanted, uh, in and out within just a few minutes. Making bets, you'd walk up right to the window, maybe one or two, three people in front of you. That was it. So uh, kudos to Keeneland. I was with that majority of people, at least that's what I heard, where I thought, okay, Breeders' Cup's coming to Keeneland. That's cool. It's a smaller racetrack. Generally, they go to bigger places, but Keeneland has the prettiest scenery in any racetrack out there, Uh, but it's going to be a cluster, and they won't come back, so you better get out there enjoying while it's here because they're never going to come back to Keeneland. After how big of a disaster, it's probably going to be with the number of people coming into town to watch American Pharaoh, to watch a Triple Crown winner, and to try to watch history. I don't think there's any way that you're going to see it come back. But they did such a great job with it, and everybody I've heard that went had such a good time, and the the big national horse riding people said that it was one of the more entertaining Breeders' Cup. Maybe that is because American Pharaoh was racing in it, Uh, but long story short, I hope it comes back. I think they're deserving of it coming back. They're looking to go to Churchill Downs in 2018. I hope hope Louisville gets to host the Breeders' Cup again because that was a really fun event. Was Uh, was, the Breeders' Cup the one that they had at Churchill Downs just a couple years ago? I think it was 2011. Yeah, I went to that one uh, where they had the uh, the Australian kid or the the uh, I think the, the kid sang the song he wrote for the Breeders' Cup. I, I can't remember. I had him on a show. I, I think he was Australian or 
he was Irish. The Irish kid did like a official theme song, and he was there, and he performed it, and so on and so forth. I don't know if that helps ring a bell, but I, I went to that it, Breeders' Cup. It does not, but it was in Churchill Downs in 2011. I can confirm that. I think that was your but, moment. I don't. I don't remember an Australian kid singing a song. <laughs> I think he was Irish, actually. I'm gonna look it up. I just don't remember that because we had we we had him on the show here on the radio station to promote it, and uh, he had written some song. He was like a 12 year old kid. He wrote a song, and they picked it as the official Breeders' Cup theme song. And he got to fly over here and perform the song at Churchill Downs, and yeah, good for him. Good for him. Well, that's a, a great. That's a great little. I got to watch tidbit. that Millionaire's Row, by the way, at Breeders' Cup. That was when I got to bet two dollars at the window at Millionaire's Row, and I walked up and said two dollars across the board, and she thought I meant two hundred, and I had to have the. Ex- I had to explain to her that I was just paying two dollars. Really, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it was one of my favorite moments in life. That is. That, you should have said two hundred. I didn't have two hundred dollars. I was the only. Oh. I was the only person in the entire area. Me and my associate who I was with were the only people there that weren't wearing suits. Even 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 like the workers were wearing suits. And we were like nicer I, than we were. And we, we tried to dress up as best we could. So after American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown, I went on eBay and bought $2 win tickets for his Derby win, his Preakness win, his Belmont win. Nice. And, uh, and I said, okay, well, he won the Triple Crown. I don't know if I'm going to see a Triple You know, who knows when you're going to see a Triple Crown winner again. I'm going to get the newspaper from when he won, uh, maybe get the Sports Illustrated thing, get a picture, do all this cool stuff. Programs. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Well, I, I can't. I can only fit so much in a frame, Trevor. What? But Big shadow box. <laughs> but um, so I got all those things, and I, I thought, all right, well, sweet. He won the Triple Crown. Let's get this puppy frame. Let's get it hung in my basement. You've been in my basement. There's a bunch of pictures of, of championship wins and newspapers and I got some stuff when Kentucky won and when the Red Sox won. And I, I do have some Green Bay championship stuff, but that's not down here yet. Uh, so I said, all right, well, let's get it framed and I'll I'll get it down there. But then it turned out that they weren't going to retire American Pharaoh. They were going to continue to race them. They did put them in the Breeders' Cup. So luckily on, at Keeneland on Saturday, I did buy a $2 win ticket. And now I'll make it the Grand Slam frame. Really excited to get that puppy done. Give myself a nice little Christmas present. Hey. Uh, I, I'm totally in on sports memorabilia, Trevor. No, I'm, I'm you're not you're preaching the choir on that. You you've been you've been by my house but not able to come in and see just the not even a fifth of what I probably own, which is some would say wasting of money, but maybe a fifth of of the memorabilia I've obtained over my lifetime is even hanging up. Uh, and that's saying a lot because there's a lot of memorabilia hanging up in my house. <laughs> I'm okay with you doing this stuff as long as it doesn't interfere or have get get the uh, shadow box of your Gaylord Falker uh, memorabilia taken down off your wall in the basement. That's got to stay up. The tenth place uh, trophies of your your Toy Bowl days. <laughs> that, that that and then people are listening probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but you do. Uh, unless your family members are listening. As long as that stays up on the wall, I'm okay with you doing the Breeders' Cup stuff. What Trevor was referring to is when I, I played football, I did not play in high school. I only played in grade school. I thought you were like the backup punter at St. X or something. I, I was not the – no. Was that a joke or did you actually think that? I was half joking, half being serious. Okay, no, no. Uh, when I graduate, when I graduated St. Rayfield, my grade school, or as other people know it, elementary school, I guess middle school, rather. When I graduated middle school to go to high school, um, you, I was like five beat. foot. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like five foot two or five foot three. I was tiny. I was like 120 pounds tops. I would be soaking wet. And uh, I was pretty good at sports. I was scrappy. 
as the people say. And I didn't stop Rudy. I, I, I was I was quick and I enjoyed playing, but it was very clear that my body had some strict limitations on what I was going to be able to do. So after grade school, I did not play football again. I tried out for basketball, but my freshman year, when you were that size, you had no chance of making it. Now, when I finally hit puberty, Trevor and grew up, I had a much better chance. When is that, by the way? That was after during my freshman year. I was like, that was a joke, but go on. Uh, that well, if you're being serious, it, it, that's I, I. I had a big growth spurt. I got up to close to what I am now, height wise, and then weight wise. I, uh, you know, I've packed on a few in my college days and after. But uh, that's that's when I peaked. But my dad, knowing that I wasn't going to play football again, he got my St. Rayfield jersey from middle school and put it in a frame and put a toy bowl program in that I played in. Uh, had my cleats, had my team picture. It was really actually well done. It is cool. Uh, I will say it, that. It would be awesome for like a Hall of Famer in the NFL. Now, when it, you are 12 years old or 13 years old and you finish your fo- a very mediocre football career, I, I was okay. I was a starter, had a few touchdowns, nothing unbelievable. Uh, that that It's a little extreme, but I, I thought, one, it was really nice of him to do. Two, I thought it was so funny that I hung it up down here just as a conversation starter. And... Uh, that yeah. it is. It gets it gets people talking. It got you, it was the first thing you noticed. I, I will say this: if your dad is listening, I, I I tease you about it, but you are right. It is. It does look pretty cool. I, but it is. I'm still going to tease you a little bit about it because well, it's your elementary school, you know, Gaylord. As I said, your uh, your Gaylord Fokker uh, wall of uh, tenth place trophies. But nonetheless, it is. If it had been more successful high school career. I, I'm if I if I was had a successful high career, I would want your dad to put a shadow box like that up for me. Uh, it is uh, really nice, well done. And then something that is upstairs that I might bring down here. Not that you know we need to talk about other things that happened this weekend. Although I'm just obviously trying to push it off. Uh, Hannah made me a very nice shadow box of all my credentials and places that I've covered and done nice. this and that. That's upstairs uh, in the hallway in before my bedroom, so I see it every day before I. Uh, go to bed and when I wake up. So that is actually really cool and something that uh, is not there for laughing matter because, you know, I take my career semi-seriously. I've got a, I got a, I got a shoebox full of dozens of those credentials over the last uh, 10 years of being in this business. So I might, if I like uh, the job, she, I might have to bring that by your house and have her do one for me. She does a great job with that stuff. And she also made me a cooler this weekend, which was nice. Did you put uh, beer in it? No, she didn't actually. And I and I kind of well, joked about that. that nice then. <laughs> and I kind of joked about it with her. Um, and she also spelled Louisville wrong on the cooler. Did she? How do you spell Louisville? She's she's gonna get mad at me for saying that. How did she spell Louisville wrong? She she made one of the sides of the cooler Louisville City and purple and gold, and it was awesome. I mean, it's really really well done. She's incredibly artistic. I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm Just thinking not how very illiterate apparently. How how nice it looks, and it says Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> It was just a slip up. She's gonna get so mad. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna head to commercial break. When we come back, we've obviously got to talk about UK's loss on Saturday. Ooh. The cats hit the that, hardwood. That's why there wasn't any traffic going to Keeneland. Everybody was already leaving the game that early. They were on their way home. There was well, all the traffic it, it, was at Nat Lexington. That would be two hours before uh, that, so that that doesn't add up that logic. But man, uh, very disappointing loss for UK football. We've got to talk about, is this does this fall on Mark Stoops? What does this mean? Is it okay for the, some of the fans to boo the ones that were there on Saturday night? We'll talk about all those things, kind of the state of the program. Also, Kentucky hits the hardwood tonight. 
We'll talk about that, preview their game against Ottawa here in just a few hours. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You there? I'm here. Okay, he, he you didn't say anything. I never heard an intro. Uh, okay, I don't know, about the, but he yeah he told you mic on and everyone needs anxiety. I had to go back to quick break. Never heard anybody say mic on. Never heard. It's on Skype. Well, wait, hold on one second. Here we go. But our, but our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. We're back here, 1450 to Sports Buzz. I guess there's a few tweets and texts we need to get to before we start talking about this football game. I think you knew Jack was on the board that segment and you hiccuped on purpose there. Well, here's the thing is I, what I didn't, here's what we do. Normally, right before we come back on air, uh, Trevor will tell me, Hey, you're about to come back on. He'll send it to me over Skype. And then also I'll hear the intro playing. So if both those don't happen, at least I know we're about to come on. I didn't hear any of those things. Now Trevor's blaming it on Jack. No, I'm blaming it on you. <laughs> how are you. I don't know how you're blaming it on me. I haven't gotten a Skype message from you all day. I'm saying we, yeah, it says you're not on Skype. Well, then why would you be sending me messages on Skype? I if just I now on? noticed the green light wasn't on. The better question is, why aren't you on? Well, I didn't know that I wasn't on. <laughs> oh, so see, th- therefore, in, 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 as, as we go full circle here, you are to blame. But not necessarily, because you could have said, hey, you need to get on Skype. What? But I also could have said, you know what, I'm not on Skype, I need to get on it. That's, Normally that's I'm on it, so I, I don't know. I, yeah, I shouldn't have to tell you. That's like me going Yeah, but you should to- notice if you're sending messages to somebody that's not on. I just assumed you weren't replying. I mean, do I have to go tell you, TJ, you need to pull your pants down to use the bathroom? No. No, you don't have you to do that. You don't have to do that. <laughs> and then I, I never heard Jack. And I, you know, I'm going to blame that on you, Trevor, somehow. <laughs> I mean, normally I'm okay for throwing the intern under the bus because that's, I mean, that's what you do as interns. I mean, they're there to, to you know, do meaningless work, not get paid and get blamed for things when you mess up. I mean, that's their role. That's their, you know. Their statue, and that's their point in life. But yeah, he, he's he's a he's a gentle soul. I'm trying to uh, trying to ease him in. I don't want I don't want him to run for the hills after just a couple of weeks. Yeah, but you think maybe he talked and I just couldn't hear him. Well, he actually didn't say anything. He just played the intro. No, oh, I definitely never heard the intro. I don't think you were listening. I was. What do you think I'm doing? I'm sitting I, here, got the TV I, on pause. Ah, there one. it is. You were watching Parks and Rec, and then you you forgot to pause. I was not. Right? No, the TV is on pause. It's always on pause because I don't have a mute button. So I'm sitting here, <laughs> literally doing nothing, getting ready to read some text, tweets, get back to the next segment. I'm super pumped for, and then Trevor comes on and says, "Oh, you're running behind." Is it All Parks right, and uh, Rec on 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 pause? By the way, 
It was yeah. earlier. It was earlier You're when so I was predictable. doing when I was doing laundry, put away Halloween decorations. Uh, but then you only get about an hour on it being on pause, so that went up, and now it's some terrible movie on FXX. Uh, Clebby one sixteen texted in, says he's not really sure how people can say the breeder or it'll never be done again. American Pharaoh winning the Grand Slam. American Pharaoh is only the first and only horse to attempt it with the Breeders' Cup starting in 1984. As long as there's another Triple Crown winner, it can be done again. I don't think anybody's saying it can't be done again. It's just, will it be done again? People aren't saying the Cubs can't win the World Series. It's just, when will they win the World Series? So, I don't know if there will ever be another Grand Slam horse winner. It is funny, though, Trevor. This is going... I, I do think it's going to turn into... Winning the Triple Crown may not just be it anymore. It may be, okay, are you going to win the Grand Slam? It took us 30-something years to get another Triple Crown, and we're already setting the bar to the point where, like, ho-hum, that's it. Well, if a horse wins the Triple Crown, it's still going to be a big deal. When the horse wins the Derby and the Preakness, it's a big deal. But if a horse wins the Triple Crown, it's going to be remembered forever. But now with American Pharaoh winning the Breeders' Cup and completing the Grand Slam, you will have people saying, okay, well, well, did they win the Grand Slam? And if the answer to that's no, they're probably going to be looked uh, not as a, as a superior horse as American Pharaoh. And if they don't run them in the Breeders' Cup, then I think the owners are going to catch a little grief when American Pharaoh, who was a Triple Crown winner and had so much praise, he put his life on the line because in horse racing, you're, te- you're technically putting the horse's I life on the line. I don't think the horse the had a vote, but okay. You're technically putting the the horse's life on the line every time you run them. Uh, the owners of American Pharaoh put him on the line for the Breeders' Cup, and you're not going to put him on if there's another Triple Crown winner somewhere down the road. So while Clay B116, I understand what his point is, and he's not he's not wrong. The Breeders' Cup is still relatively new. Uh, one, I just don't. It's so hard to win the Triple Crown as is. Again, only 12 horses have won it. Trevor, what Derby was this this year? 140. Oh, I know the first derby was eight, late 1800s, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, up there somewhere. It's uh, the 141st derby is what I'm being told. So, 141st derby, and I know the Preakness, I think, is a year, one year less, and the Belmont's two or three years older. Uh, but kind of in, 100, in, uh, in 141 years, you've only had 12 Triple Crown winners. So, one, we're probably not going to see that many more while we're all on this earth. And hopefully, like you said, Trevor, it's uh, it's later rather than sooner. But once you get a Triple Crown winner, now they might be judged by what American Pharaoh did. And can they complete the Grand Slam? It's certainly going to be interesting. Uh, we need to talk about Kentucky and Tennessee. <laughs> This is something that. Are you sure you want to or we have to? No, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to. It's not going to be fun. Uh, but well, it was ridiculous, and it does seem there was a lot of unhappy fans. There's a lot of unhappy fans on social media afterwards. Rob Blackhawk saying that he heard the intro. I, I, I must be the only one that didn't hear the intro. <laughs> See? <laughs> I must have been the only one. I really didn't, Trevor. It's not that I wasn't paying attention. It, it, it never came on for me. But, I'm, I'm I, again, not blaming Jack. I'm going to blame you. Oh, okay, that's fine. I'll take the blame. If you if you're gonna blame the workers, you gotta blame the CEO. Still wonder so, why you're still not signed into Skype, but okay. Well, <laughs> that's it. Because well, I'm doing. You want? You think I'm a multitasker? You think you want me to do that while I'm doing radio? No, I want you. You can keep talking. You can go ahead. 
Okay. You can talk again about 80%, as so, I predicted, 80% of your fan base has now jumped ship because uh, you got blown out again, and on top of it, you have basketball starting tonight. Why is that a bad thing if there's basketball starting tonight? I just another reason of why more people have left the uh, the ship that is that is Kentucky football this season. Eighty oh, percent of the fans have certainly not left, but there is a portion of the fan base that is sick of this. Uh, there was a portion of the fans that were booing on Saturday night, and there are people that are wondering if Mark Stoops is the guy. Uh, again, it always comes back to Patrick Tolles as well. They're they're some are ready for him to make the switch, and if you're wondering, Patrick Tolles play or you didn't see drew barker at all against tennessee because he was injured and unable to go uh mark stoop said today that he should be ready next week uh also said reese phillips was injured although a few weeks ago he said that he was good to go uh but long story short no no true barker because he was injured uh but okay so people booing at the game trevor is that fair for mark stoops here in year three for fans to boo him uh, I would normally say if you told me this in the beginning of the year and said, okay, in the Tennessee, at the t- end of the Tennessee game, fans would be booing him in year three, I would have told you that they were insane to do so. But with the way the season has unfolded, especially the last four games, even though one was a win in EKU, and combine that with the way somewhat the season did start so great last year and end and fade away the way it did, and I know maybe. You shouldn't look at it that way as an expectations and look at the way he, he finished the season with five wins regardless of how it accumulated. I'm not surprised there weren't some boos. There should, and, and you know what? At some point, whether it's the coaching staff or the players or whoever it is needs to take the blame, some someone probably deserved to get booed because this has been – the expectations, while maybe making a bowl was maybe the low expectations or, or reasonable expectation – that that's still up in the air and still very questionable, and the fact that Kentucky has utterly looked like total crap over the last month, even in the one win, have looked not good at all, especially defensively. Yeah, I think I don't think booing is completely out of the realm of craziness in terms of, of the fans expressing exactly what they've seen over the last month, and that's boo worthy football. I am perfectly okay with the boos during the game and maybe that puts me in the minority and you know i i i do kind of wonder about my track record on wondering if it's okay to boo because i think i've maybe gone back and forth on this uh, which is okay to admit that because people grow up in situations are are different but i might uh, think i used to be the person that said you should never boo college athletes because they're paying for for free but i think i've changed my stance on that that being said i was i'm okay with uk fans booing the effort on Saturday, not necessarily just from the players, although I do think that some of the players kind of quit in that game while others did not. Uh, But you can also boo the coaching staff for that span. You have a uh, a span of about 20 game minutes, Trevor, 20 game minutes uh, from five minutes to go in the second quarter to five minutes to go in the third quarter where I guess that would be, I guess it's 15 game minutes rather. Uh, Math was not one of my stronger suits, but 15 game minutes where the wheels not only fell completely off, but the carriage that the wheels were on uh, did 30 somersaults and went up in flames and there were no survivors. It was terrible, terrible. You're sitting in a situation, you're putting yourself in a position there uh, Trevor, where you've got the lead 
14 to 10. And and maybe maybe people should have seen the writing on the wall because you're up 14 to 10, but you weren't really playing all that well. You were very lucky to be up 14 to 10 at that point. And you're wondering, okay, can Kentucky get a stop before half and maybe get up more points? Can you just get a stop before half and go into halftime with the lead? Uh, can you hold them to a field goal before half and go up with a one-point lead? There's so many different scenarios, and things were looking so promising despite not playing all that well. And you go into the half down by 10 points? It makes it, it makes you scratch your head of how did that happen? I mean, wasn't that almost almost kind of a repeat of the Mississippi State game? It was. It, it very much was. And it, that's why this is, again, this coaching staff is still learning as they go along. Well, they need to learn they're, a little faster. They're, Mark Souffs is still a relatively new head coach. Uh, DJ Elliott has never been a defensive coordinator before. Shannon Dawson was the offensive coordinator at West Virginia, but he wasn't the one calling plays. It's still a relatively young coaching staff, all things considered, with still relatively a young team, one of which the the younger players are Mark Stoops guys, and they're incredibly talented. The older ones are not Mark Stoops guys, but they're the ones that actually know what they're supposed to be doing, but they just don't have the talent to be able to execute it yet. So Mark Stoops and UK are still in a, between a, a rock and a hard place, but there is no excuse for letting everything fall apart the way that they have the last two weeks. There is none. They've got to be better than that. And being a young coach is an excuse for that. Now, losing to Tennessee, that's not the end of the world. No. Going down to Starkville, losing to Mississippi State, Mississippi State's a better team than Kentucky. Yep. But it's those moments, it's those tie, it's those runs that the other team goes on. A 42-7 to run, Trevor, in a football game should never happen when you're a Power 5 team, when you're a, a team like Kentucky. I don't care how depleted your talent is. That's when a coaching staff should be able to say, okay, we need to make adjustments. This is what was wrong. You should never give up two special teams plays in a row, in, in a row as, as they could be. You give up a kick return, you get the ball back, you punt, you give up a touchdown. You don't do that. You can't do that. You've got to make adjustments. You've got to find different ways to keep yourself in the game. And so I'm okay with UK fans being upset and booing that. Now, I still think in the moment you need to, you, you can, it's okay to voice your dissatisfaction, uh, voicing that you're upset about how things have gone. Now, at the end of the game, I think you do need to take a step back and say, well, one, it's just football, so hopefully you're not getting too worked up about it. But two, Trevor, Kentucky's still four and four. And I think at the beginning of the season, anybody would have taken that. Now, there that is by itself a statement that if you start to unravel, uh, things start to change a little bit. But still 4-4 four and four is what UK fans, I think any of them would probably take that at this juncture. But how much of that record is somewhat of a mirage from from it doesn't, but it doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't it matter. Reminds me, it, reminds, it reminds me of like Bingo fans, Bingo the Bingos during the low days of the '90s, where they would they would go, you know, one in one in twelve to start the season, and when they're like three of their last four, four of their last five, and finish with like a five win season or four win season, to where you step back and you look at it and you go, okay, maybe they've made improvements, but in reality they didn't. They they just kind of made it look that way by. By winning a nice little chunk of games that was almost irrelevant in the, in the long run of things, and that's what kind of like if you look at last year. And I don't, I'm not saying Stoops' head should be on on a, on a guillotine at this point, 
But if they don't make a bowl this year, I think yes. I think at some point next year, that seat's going to start getting a little warmer for him. And I don't think that's out of, too crazy to say because you need to make – even if you don't make a bowl this year, you got to show improvements. And the way the last three weeks have unfolded and, – and, you know, I include four weeks because even though you beat Eastern Kentucky, you look like crap the entire game in that situation until the very end. We decide to go, hey, you know what, let's play for – what the hell. That's let's, why I let's said if you, if you take that statement and unravel it – it starts to change a little bit for some of the reasons that you mentioned. But again, at the surface, four and four is okay. So that's still saying to Kentucky and to Mark Stoops and to the team that you're still technically on track. You still have time to figure it out. This is a what have you done for me lately society. If they were able to go into Georgia and get the win, you would completely forget about the debacle against Tennessee. You'd completely forget about get, getting blown out at Mississippi State. Now, are they going to go in and win at Georgia? Probably not. Georgia hasn't been very good lately, though, but they're not. They're probably not going to go down to Athens and get the win. But that being said, if you close out the year winning your last three games, let's say they lose to Georgia, go on that four-game losing streak, but let's say they, they win their last three and go seven and five, you completely forget about that four-game losing streak. You move on and you say, hey, hell, we're going to a bowl game. We won seven games. We beat our rival, and you're feeling good about things. So the season's not lost yet. But like I said, Trevor, when you start to unravel, when you start to branch off from that statement of we're still on track, things get messy. And the thing that really jumps out at me is has this team gotten better since Louisiana Lafayette? Has this team gotten better since that September 5th game when they open the new Commonwealth Stadium, the renovated Commonwealth Stadium? And I don't think the answer to that's yes, and that's what's so concerning. That's where that's why these last four games are huge. That's why at the end of the season, if things don't get better this year, you can question if Mark Stoops is a guy. And I'm not saying fire him after this year regardless. Kentucky could lose out and go 4-8, and eight, and I still say you keep Mark Stoops because he needs to be able to coach one of his an entire cycle of his guys. And he's still recruiting well. He's still keeping guys on board. So you don't fire him after this year regardless. Agreed. But if this team continues to not improve, then it is perfectly fair to say, all right, next year has to things have to be different. Which is crazy to think about because next year's schedule's tougher. You're going to lose some valuable pieces on defense. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, it, it's... These next four games are awfully important for UK, and I think the f- the future of UK, which might be a scary thing because you are right. They looked horrible all of October. They finished October winning just one game and getting blown out in two. And the one game you won, like you have been so quick to say, was uh, not an impressive performance. And even the so, Auburn game, even though it was close, that was an Auburn team you shouldn't have probably allowed 30 points to, or, yeah, 30 points to. Yeah, that Auburn game was one that they probably should have won. Who cares if they gave up 30 points? They they probably should have scored 34. but <laughs> 31 at least. At least 31, you're right. Uh, and that's disappointing. And it's kind of like last season to a certain extent where, okay, yeah, the schedule got tougher. Kentucky started to get banged up a little bit. This and that started to happen. You could kind of see it unraveling, but you kept thinking to yourself, man, if they could have just beaten Florida last year when there was that delay a game, then they're going to a bowl game and you don't have to worry about this this huge collapse. This year, you could find yourself in a position where you say, oh, hell, they had a chance to beat Florida. Uh, if they do that, then they're not sweating out making a bowl. 
They had a chance to beat Auburn. If they do that, they're not sweating out making a bowl. Now they still have Georgia, which can be an incredibly tough game against a, a Georgia team that is struggling, like we said. At Vanderbilt, a team that isn't very great, but if you're a UK fan, you shouldn't head into that game thinking it's not an automatic win. You're silly if you think that. Because while Vanderbilt's struggling this year, uh, Kentucky only has one more SEC win than them. They only have one more actual win than them. Uh, Vanderbilt's 3-5, and five and they've got a great defense. And UK's offense has just been horrid lately. Uh, you have Charlotte, that'll be a win. And then Louisville, who at this point it's a toss-up because Louisville hasn't looked all that impressive either. Oh, well, but Louisville looks like the ACC are, of Kentucky, the ACC right now. <laughs> at least they are getting wins, though, is the big difference. You are getting wins despite how ugly they are and how bad a teams they're coming against. So it's we'll find out a lot about this UK team. We'll find out a lot about this coaching staff. We'll find out a lot about the character of some of these guys over the next four weeks, and we'll also find out if Kentucky will make a bowl game, which I don't think there's any reason at the beginning of this year they shouldn't have, uh, but we'll find out. Captain Arctic tweets into the show, and he says that looking ahead, UK is legendary for being everyone's get-well game. I can see Georgia breaking out of their slump big time against Kentucky. And traditionally, he probably is right. And that was certainly the case for Tennessee, who they've lost so many close games. They struggled on the road. And then they go to Kentucky and just open the floodgates and they get well, as Captain Arctic says. Georgia just got smacked in the mouth by Florida in a neutral site game. 27-3. to They've been blown out a few times this year. They've, they lost a heartbreaker to Tennessee. They won a very ugly game against Missouri. They haven't scored an offensive touchdown since that Tennessee game, Trevor. So that's two straight games without scoring an offensive touchdown. And good news for Georgia, still get to go against Kentucky's defense, <laughs> which I, I can almost guarantee you they're going to find a way to score a touchdown that, against that, UK. That's my question is, is at what point right now at the end of the season, or at least at this point in the season, you know, we, we had a little hiccup coming back in the segment, and I blamed you. You blamed me. We both blamed Jack. Uh, who, who, who are you blaming at this point right now? There's got to be – somebody has to be to blame. Is it Patrick Tolles not stepping up? Because, honestly, I think he is – I wouldn't say he's taking a step back, but he hasn't taken – sure, he hasn't taken a step forward. And I don't think it's all his fault. I talked to a U.K. fan last night about this, and, uh, you know, I told him, you know, the defense isn't helping the offense out, out at all. The offense is was still growing and needing some – to take a step forward, and they're being put in situations, in the, especially the last sub, several games, to where they're having to force things, and it's causing them to, to kind of stunt their growth as well as a group. Do you blame the defense? Do you blame the coaching staff? Do you blame the defensive coordinator? Who, by the way, if this defense Vanderbilt game is circled on my calendar right now because Vanderbilt's offense is like Boston College bad, and if no, it's you, terrible. If, if you can't, if you're going to give up points and let that offense put some points on you. You gotta, you're going to have to really look at yourself in the mirror as a defensive unit at that point. Absolutely, and you're, you're spot on there. Who the blame goes to is tough to say because I, I, to a certain extent, I think it's all systems failure, as Rich yeah. Brooks used to always say. The dominoes effect as well, as I mentioned, the defense effect. In the I, I, I think the coaching has been very average. I, I think they're playing to stay in games instead of win games. I think they've been coaching that style all season. I think that's part of the reason why you lost to Auburn. I think it's part of the reason why you lost to Florida, and that was much earlier on in the year. Probably almost lost to Eastern Kentucky because of that. You almost lost to Eastern Kentucky because of that. You almost lost. Well, Eastern Kentucky was a little different. I thought that. I don't know if this was all on the coaching, but it seemed like Kentucky was just full, solely 
uh, set on making only big plays. They didn't give, they didn't care about grinding things out. They just wanted the big plays because they thought they were going to be able to get them against Eastern Kentucky. Kentucky uh, really but, needs to blow Charlotte out. They need, they don't have a blowout. They need that blowout this season. They do. They need a blowout, and uh, you, you'd like to be able to say that maybe they could get that against Vanderbilt, but there's no reason to think that. But this this year, and you know, I, I think I've been tough on. Matt Elam, but the entire defensive line for not getting a push, and they're still not getting a push. They didn't yeah. get a push against Tennessee, uh, but it, it's yeah, well, it, they are. Backwards. I'll say this though, they are doing a good job of slowing down the run, and I need to be fair here because they're they're not getting any push, but they're doing a, a decent job of slowing down and stopping the run to a certain extent. Uh, now the linebackers aren't helping. You started to see some missed tackles against Tennessee, and then the secondary is getting picked apart. Now that is in the passing game. Now I will the praise that I give UK's defense line for slowing down the run. I will put slowly on their. I, I will I will criticize them for their lack of being able to get a push in the passing game, and that is making the secondary look terrible. Now the secondary wasn't all that great against Tennessee, regardless. Uh, but it is just kind of a it's all systems failure. Everybody's not playing well. The offensive line isn't doing as great as a job as they were earlier on in the season. Patrick Tolls has not made any adjustments, any improvements. He's still doing the same stuff that fans were criticizing in that second half against South Carolina, even before the Florida game. Uh, so he's not playing well. Uh, now you've got a, the running backs. I, I think Miguel Horton was a good did a good job when when Stanley Boom Williams went down he's likely going to be out for a few weeks would be my guess. Uh, Mark Stoops said today that Stanley boom Williams would be out this Saturday with an elbow injury, but he'd be week to week after that. Again, no inside information here, but I'm going to assume that he may be out the rest of the year, at least a few weeks, Uh, maybe come back for that Louisville game. Who knows? So we'll see how the running backs can stand up after that. It's just, it's, it's been everybody, Trevor, the special teams, you, so shockingly, and, and hold on to your seat here. When you don't have a special teams coordinator, when you, it's a special teams coordination by committee, guess what? You have two, Things, two special teams touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You, you make mistakes and who do you point, who does the finger get point to there? So there's a lot wrong. There's a lot that they need to figure out heading into the Georgia games, probably not the week to do it, but. If I'm a Kentucky fan at this point, I, you're probably upset. You're probably mad. You're probably sick of watching this team. Just act like you're playing with house money at this point. Expect them to go into Georgia and have the defense just torn apart and the offense to struggle and UK to lose because, they again, I, my prediction is that they likely will lose. But let anything else surprise you. And just know that you just need two more wins. Charlotte's going to be one of them. So then you got to beat Vanderbilt and Louisville. And I, I think that's probably the safest way to go into watching that Georgia it might game. Come down to let the Louisville, them su- Louisville game let them with surprise the both of us needing a ball game. It could be come it down could, to that. Well, I, I think Louisville's going to be okay because their schedule's so easy. It is a lot, it is a lot easier. But there's two, there's two there's two parts of that Tennessee game that I thought almost kind of summed up the entire season at one point. And the first one was the touchdown by Tolls in the second quarter where if he just kept going wide, he just walked. And if you were watching the game, I think you read the game, if I'm not mistaken. But if you were watching it on TV – uh, was, I think it was Musburger that called the, was calling the game. He even, you know, prematurely was touchdown Kentucky because all Tulsa had to do was just keep going wide and he'd walk to right in the end zone. But instead he decided to cut back for what reason? I have no idea other than he was, like, getting dared to do it in his own head. And as a result, he scored the touchdown but had to go end up having to bang through two guys and almost fall into the, touched into the end zone 
in a more questionable way when he could have just kept going wide and walked right in. I think that right there kind of sums up his decision making somewhat this season and how it hasn't made a step forward. And you know, you you know me, I was TJ, I was all I was all Patrick Patrick Tolls beginning of the year thinking he was going to make those steps forward, and I haven't seen it. And I think some has to do with the defense. And the second thing that kind of summed up this entire season was the pre before mentioned kickoff return by Evan Berry. Because, I mean, just not that you're going to come back 17 points down at that point in the game, but just when you finally score and you do make a, make a play like that and you get what little the crowd is left in there kind of happy, you get up a touch. I mean, that's just typical of the way the season's gone for Kentucky. The very next play, 100-yard touchdown return. I just um, Those two things kind of summed up both tolls, the entire season in one play, and just the entire season for Kentucky to this point in one play. Well, one thing about that tolls touchdown, I, I I agree. He was I, I don't know why he just didn't keep I don't running. get it. He I, was wide I, open, just walk right in. I, I wonder if he thought one of the guys could turn the corner on him and get to him, and he just figured, hey, uh, I'm much bigger than these guys are. I can just run. I, I, as long as I fall forward, I'll get the touchdown. I don't know. I thought that was strange, uh, but uh, you're not. We got a tolls question, but that was the Auburn Auburn game too. That remember the Auburn game went on the fourth down. I said the same thing. If he goes wide on that fourth and three, he probably makes that first down in the Auburn game. Instead, he tried to cut back and he got tackled for a gain of one, and it was game over against Auburn. Yeah, well, that was probably just the wrong play call to begin with. Captain Arctic says you asked if the team has gotten any better. I wonder if Patrick Tolls has reached his maximum and won't get any better. And. 80% 80% of the game is about the QB. I just wonder if Tolls has hit his ceiling. That Those are fair questions the, because he hasn't really had that moment where you think, okay, well, maybe he hasn't. Maybe he is getting better. He hasn't had those flashes where you say, okay, that's the Patrick Tolls I thought he'd be. He hasn't carried you, you one time. You haven't seen that yet. And he, he last season, it seemed like he could at least make plays with his legs to keep Kentucky in games and to get first downs and to move the chains and do some of the unthinkable things. And he's done that a few times this year, not nearly as much, but he, you know, the Missouri game was a hell of a play that he made, but really lately it, it does make you wonder. It does make you scratch your head and, and, and think maybe he has hit his max. Cause now you can't use the excuse. He doesn't have the weapons because he does. UK's receiving core is, is good. There's been some drops, court. but yeah, I mean. There is some drops. You can't use the excuse, okay, maybe UK's running backs just, you know, there's no running game. They can't do that. No, UK's got good running backs. They have good running backs. And even if Stanley Boom Williams is out, Miguel Horton and JoJo Kemp are solid options back there. Horton ran for 100 yards, did he not? The offensive line has not been great. Horton ran for 109 yeah. yards. Yeah, spot on. Uh, the offensive line has been okay, but it's not. It's not as bad as Louisville's offense line. It could always be worse. Thanks. <laughs> but, you know, it's just uh, you can't use the excuse the others around Patrick Tolles are slowing him down. That's not the case anymore. Maybe he's slowing himself down and, without a doubt, slowing down UK's offense. I don't know. I think the I don't, defense I, is slowing I don't him think, down. I don't, and the defense isn't helping. Because it's, the it's making him try to force plays to keep Kentucky in a game that they probably – and that's, but that's just another excuse, Trevor. Too. I, know, I mean, you're it, right. You're not, it it, it's you're not necessarily right. wrong. It'd be a lot easier if he could go out there every time, have the lead, not have pressure on you're him. Right. Just know that he could go out there and play football. There's no doubt about that. But again, 14 uh, Kentucky was in this game. They were in this game, and it's not all Patrick Toll's fault why they were not. But he certainly didn't bring UK back. He didn't make big plays to keep things interesting. Yeah. And I again, I'm not saying Drew Barker's the answer because I don't really think he is at this point. At this point, 
I would not now, be Barker. Now, if you game. have another bad game against uh, Georgia and then you lose to Vanderbilt, that's going to be a noon kickoff – or that's going to be a 4 o'clock kickoff, excuse me. 4 o'clock kickoff on November 14th, right in the middle of a wedding for me, which is uh, just fantastic. And uh, seriously, I'm not kidding. But uh, you should have been like me and have no friends growing up. Then you had to go to the weddings. So Patrick told us if he looks terrible again against Georgia, he looks terrible against Vanderbilt. Then I would say, okay, maybe you bring him in. Maybe you bring in Drew Barker to start against Charlotte. Is that a right time though? To because can that give you false hope? If you're Drew, I mean, I I mean, it's kind of a. a What do you mean false hope? If he plays well against Charlotte, then you say. You, uh, you but it is Charlotte. Louisville. It is Charlotte, and if he okay. goes, and then what if he comes in a Louisville game with maybe a, an exaggerated confidence that is there only because he played against clearly lesser talent in Charlotte, and then just can, gets completely shellacked against Louisville coming into the game unprepared properly because he was overconfident. Then you make the switch to Patrick Tolles. I'm I'm not a I have no problem letting Barker play. I'm not a big fan of of, of giving guys first shot against a Charlotte like caliber team. I'm just not I'm just not a particular fan of that. I, I think that would be the right thing to do if he looked horrible. Hor- and I'm talking horrible. I'm, I'm saying even worse than how he's been. If he looks bad against Georgia and then he looks really bad against Vanderbilt and UK loses to Vanderbilt, I'd, I'd have put why Bar- the hell not at that point? I'd you know, put, you gotta make you got to do something. I'd have put Barker in the fourth quarter Tennessee game, though, because it's a home game at least. Again, uh, he was injured. He was oh, injured. he was. I did not see that. I'm sorry. He was injured and couldn't go in. They were going to play him. He was injured, could not go in. Because I don't want to so, use him on the road as much in Georgia and Vanderbilt. I, I'd almost, I guess – well, I'm, that, I'm saying don't. I'm yeah, not saying to do right. that. So I guess you're right. I guess Charlotte would be the only other option then, yeah. And that, and that's where – but, again, that when Patrick Tolles has to look a lot worse than he has. He hasn't been good, but UK's football team as a whole the last no. two weeks and the coaching staff has not looked good either. We've got more tweets to read. We need to head to commercial break, and then we're going to pump this party up with a little basketball talk later on in the for show. all the rest of the fans went to. So we'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop children What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. We're back here, 1450 Sports Buzz. I didn't appreciate that, Trevor. Oh, you heard that open, right? I heard that open because you all probably did something right over there. No, uh, no, no. You just you just hear what you want to hear. You're, you're like no. the, you're the you're the you're the young lady in this relationship that is ours of the radio world. It's you funny hear what you want to hear. You get the big dog complaining at you all, and you all get things figured out. I have. The, if you all need a little kick in the butt every now and then. Just let me know, Trevor. Jack's back on the board. He he didn't run away despite you throwing him under the bus. He's back on there, and he's. A I trooper. wasn't blaming Jack. I'm blaming you. <laughs> you blame Jack. He knows the truth. He knows that he he saw what you were typing to me. How it was all his fault. He's looking at the computer now as if I'm telling the truth. I'm not. He didn't blame you, Jack. I'm just kidding. Hannah texted into the show and says that she's not mad that I called her out for spelling Louisville wrong, but 
but she is mad that I haven't given her any love on social media for the cooler. Yeah, where is where is that love? By, and Yates one, do you know that you need to learn radio one on one is that you do not publicly call out slash embarrass your significant other. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that. I don't need to learn that. I know that, but it was, it, well, it was kind of funny. You wanted me and to tell that to you. I told my. I haven't going been great on. I haven't been great on social media all weekend. I'll get. I'll get something out there. I, I never will. do anything on social media. You know, I don't ever tweet. You don't because you don't really have all that much to say. Well, it's not that. It's that one, and this is. I've said this before. I've told Nick this before, and he he laughs now every time he sees it. But if I ever tweet or put something on Facebook. There's probably about a 95% chance I'm in the bathroom. That's about the only time I actually put something on Twitter is when I'm taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. That's um So that's keep gro- keep that in mind. Next, next time you see that's me tweet, gross. go. I'm going to unfollow you. Go unfollow you. Got to unfollow you. You need to grow up, buddy. But not to mention you see how little I tweet. You get you, does that make you think, man, that dude needs kind of constipated apparently. But stop. <laughs> stop. You're you're terrible. I know. Terrible Captain Arctic good. says that he thinks one of the things that got the fans off track is the fact it became apparent that the SEC East is terrible, and this was a rare chance to do something big based on that and our good start. Well, here's the thing, Captain Arctic. The, the SEC East has been terrible for years. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I've said this before, where in 10 or 15 years, Kentucky fans are going to look back at this time period and say, man, the SEC was so down. Why couldn't Kentucky do something? Because eventually the power in the SEC is going to come back to the East. I don't know when it's going to be, but eventually Florida is going to be Florida. Georgia is going to be Georgia. Tennessee is going to be Tennessee. And South Carolina will be competitive. I think Missouri is going to always kind of be a competitive team that hangs around. It's going to, the power will shift back like it was back in the Tebow days. And when that happens, Kentucky fans are going to say, man, there was that window where no team was great. Missouri won the SEC East back-to-back. A really bad Florida team is going to win it this year. Damn, you know, Kentucky had their chances. So I don't disagree with Captain Arctic saying that. Uh, Now, I think one of the reasons the fans are so worked up is because they actually thought when they were 2-0, or I guess that when they had beaten South Carolina and they had Florida come into town and they had beaten, you know, they beat Missouri, that they actually could be in the thick of things in the SEC East. Now, that was silly. That was always silly. And I never really tried to entertain that idea. I did entertain these dream scenarios where Kentucky could have a great year, an 8-4, and four, a 9-3 and three win year. But when Kentucky lost to Florida, at that point, it was going to be pretty tough for Kentucky to win the SEC East regardless. But you, real, you didn't know where Tennessee, I mean, they've obviously improved since that time. I mean, you mentioned the, the powers of the SEC East have moved up and down, but yet the the thing that is, and I, I agree with Captain Arik, I mean, when you look back at it, you're going to kick yourself, you're a Kentucky fan, for not taking advantage of what the SEC East has been down over the last, you know, roughly five to ten years almost. Uh, exception, I mean, I know there was the Florida year, but the overall depth of it has moved over to the West over the last, you know, several seasons. That can do, the one thing that's consistent is Kentucky has stayed in that, that second-to-last spot in the SEC East. They may not be ladders. Maybe usually in, 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 in one, and at some point Vanderbilt wasn't a team below them as usual, but Kentucky always stays in that, that second-to-last spot, and that's the one consistent of the SEC East over the last 10 years probably. The, you know the thing is that I truly believe, uh, that I, I, I genuinely believe, I'm not just saying this, not just trying to make a hot take, if Kentucky had never 
had Joker Phillips, if they never did the coach and waiting thing, Kentucky football probably would have an SEC East championship at this point. I wouldn't go as far because it obviously depends who's the hired replacement for Bridgebrook. Well, assuming uh, assuming it wasn't like a Craig Thorpe hire, assuming well, it wasn't it was, a Billy technically Cole, when Joker Phillips. Uh, assu- <laughs> well, I'm saying okay again, Trevor. Sometimes you just you you you, you basically say what I say again. <laughs> well, you say things so well, I like to repeat it. And it gets me off my groove, and it's, oh, man. You have a groove? It, it's it's Monday, but, I mean, between you talking about when you tweet and <laughs> just repeating some of the things I say again. So if they had actually made a decent hire, I'm not saying they had to hire Paul Bear Bryant, but even if it was a, a Stoops like hire, hell, even if it was Stoops, at that point that probably would have been too early to hire him. But even if it was a Stoops like hire, Rich Brooks, the talent was there. It's not like he was recruiting horribly. He wasn't recruiting great because Rich Brooks was a really good coach and he could win. Uh, He didn't have to have the best players to win. But the talent was there. The experience was there. There was somewhat of a winning culture, at least as much as there could be for UK football. And Joker Phillips just threw all that in the drain. So now you're still technically rebuilding from that. There should have never been a rebuilding process to begin with. When Joker took over, it should have been, all right, let's keep this thing moving. Well, that, and it, that being it looked said, like it, it will go on. I was going to say, that being said, I mean, Rich Brooks, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he not win like three games in his third year at Kentucky? I mean, he didn't really turn – it was his fourth year that he finally showed some kind of impact in terms of turning things around. I mean, Mark Stoops is somewhat even ahead of schedule of what Rich Brooks' turnaround process and it, was. And Rich Brooks took over at a really bad time when the yeah. program was at a really low point, and he did take some time, and he figured it out. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that Stoops should be on the hot seat. I'm saying it was okay for fans to be incredibly disappointed with the effort against Tennessee. And I'm, I'm saying if Kentucky were to lose out or not make a bowl game this year, it's okay to not fully be on the Mark Stoops bandwagon yet, I, but I'm still saying you let him coach at least another year, if not two years, to let him get his players in and out of the system to see if it works. Because, again, he, his oldest guys are still Joker players that weren't recruited by that many great schools. I mean, a couple of them only had offers from Mac schools and, and, and teams like of that quality. So it's still plenty of time for Stoops to figure it out. And, and Rich Brooks did take some time. But with how bad the SEC East is, you just have to wonder if Kentucky didn't get bad again too. If Kentucky didn't have to start rebuilding as well, they could have an SEC East championship. They could have maybe several SEC East championships. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I mean, they could, if Missouri could do it, especially if Missouri could do it last year, then why the hell could Kentucky not do it? Uh, uh, the SEC East has been down. It's going to get better, and you are going to look back at a time and say, man, Kentucky maybe missed their window to actually do something there. Hell, Vanderbilt was in the conversation a few years, Trevor. I mean, Vandy was in the conversation. That's when Kentucky was rebuilding. So it is uh, it is a bummer, and it, if you're a U.K. football fan, you're probably just thinking, eh, that's just the way it goes, and, and that's unfortunate. That's you're, why I said – You're thinking, that's why eh, I said basketball season's here. Oh, well, let's move on. That's what they're th- that's what UK fans are thinking right now. It was it was fun. It was frustrating to a degree. But you know what? Basketball starts tonight, so I'll worry about football next fall. Once they finish no, the season, no, it's no, relevant. No, 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 no. But I, I will say this, and that's why – that's why when Kentucky won at South Carolina, Trevor, that's why when Kentucky beat Missouri, I said, all right, UK fans, kick back and enjoy your Monday. Kick back and enjoy your week. Get to embrace winning a game that you normally don't win and 
soak in all that good feeling because now all that good feeling has been drained completely. And you know what? If a Kentucky fan is looking forward to tonight's exhibition game against Ottawa, good for them. That doesn't mean, oh, typical Kentucky fan looking forward to basketball. They need a good they need a good buzz. They need a good feeling. You make them and sound worse can, than I do. <laughs> and they can they can get that against uh, when UK basketball team plays because UK's basketball team is just going to be dominant again. AP poll came out today, UK number two. North Carolina number one. The last time UNC was number one and UK was number two was before the 2011-2012 season. Trevor, I think you know how that turned out. Yeah, I kind of blacked that out. My, that 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 part of that tournament was blacked out. My so memory. I know Kentucky fans always want to be ranked number one in anything that they do, and I can understand why. But that might be a good omen as the season kicks off uh, with exhibition play tonight against Ottawa, uh, just to. Not not to confuse people, this is not the Ottawa in Canada, the capital of Canada. This is Ottawa in Kansas. Is that the capital of Canada? The whole the whole of all Canada? That's the capital of all, all of Canada. Is it really? I know that. Jack is Jack is questioning you on that when he's shaking his head. All right, well tell him to look it up. Go look that up, Jack. You got your first assignment. Look up the capital. I mean, I think it's the capital of, of the whatever province Toronto's in, or maybe Toronto's the capital of that province. I don't know, but I didn't know it has. It was, That's pretty embarrassing. You all don't know what the capital of Canada is. Our naval I know North. the capital. Well, one, you're a Blue Jays fan, so you have at least some involvement with Canada. With Canada, I, I know Toronto. I know the Hockey Hall of Fame is there. I know the Blue Jays play there. That's all I need to know. I could care less about the uh, the Norwegians and Saskatchewans of the rest of the country. It turns out Ottawa is the capital of Canada. It's the Washington D.C. of Canada. Yes, it is. Who yeah. who knew? I check. Obviously, yeah. I knew, and I think most people know that Ottawa is the capital of Canada. Okay. Of Canada. I, don't think I assumed it was uh, Toronto or, or Vancouver or something. I thought Toronto too, actually. Yeah, but oh, well, okay, good job. We learned something. What's new their today. hockey team? What's their hockey team? The name? Ottawa Senators. Yeah. So okay, should I, that not that, that that makes sense now? That but, that makes a lot more sense now. There's there's our boy Jack. Look at me looking stuff up. He got us on the segment properly, and we and we learned now. We learned that uh, Ottawa's the uh, Washington D.C. of Canada. Good to know. Yeah, that's what you learn in school these days, right? Yeah, I didn't go to school. Yeah. <laughs> Today or even when I was supposed to. So <laughs> yeah, so we're not playing. So you're not playing Canada. So Jim Murray will not, not have a homecoming. It, it's not Canada, and I think Ottawa played IU. Ottawa Canada played team IU, played right? IU last year and beat them actually. They won. Uh, I think their team. Yeah, that team. I think won their. College championship up there, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh. Yeah, Ottawa, IU, Ottawa pretty much killed IU last yeah. year. Is Indiana going to hang a banner for that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> IU will be good this year. They, they they don't play defense there, so that's a big problem. But uh, they'll outscore a bunch of teams, but they 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 can't make a Final Four or anything because they just don't play defense and they don't have any height. Simple but, as that. Well, By Jack's Jack, description, I didn't know Jack, if he was talking I, football or basketball. I mean, Jack, I, I, Jack, I'm just not close. Jack, I appreciate the uh, the quick IU uh, update on basketball. We'll save that analysis for our season preview show here in about ten days or so, or eleven days or so. But uh, thanks for the, the the quick IU basketball update and their lack of defense. Ottawa is again a very small college in Kansas. That's who UK is playing. And I think it's where Mitch Barnhart went to school. So it's kind of a, a feel-good game to bring them to Rupp Arena and let them play. Kentucky's going to win by probably uh, Trevor oh, yeah. over under on UK's win forty-five points. I, I'm I'm inclined oh, to take the over. Wow, uh, I I'm somewhat inclined to take the over as well. To be honest with you, that's a tough one. The forty-five. I mean, that's 
because I, I could see it being a 35 40 point win. I, but I'm, you know what? I'm going to take the over. I, I Jack's think, taking the over, too, I think. I think I'm taking uh, that makes it three for three on the over. I, I think Kentucky's going to get a huge win tonight. The game not on TV. You can only watch it on ESPN3. Now, if you got Google Chromecast, you can stream it to your TV. If you've got a smart TV, you can stream it on your TV. So there's several ways to watch it. Kind of crazy, though. In 2015, UK's season opener, despite it being an exhibition, isn't on television for the average fan to watch. I know a lot of UK fans are upset about it. Again, we've all are we all agree it's going to be a, a blowout win for Kentucky. But what are they putting tra- on the local channels that they couldn't preempt? Well, you have an SEC network. What possibly could be the programming on SEC network that is so good? that you can't get the UK game because you know what just a ton of Kentucky fans are going to watch that if you put it on. Yeah. So I am curious. I bet they've got some college football show on. I bet it's like SEC but now. What's on, the, what's on the local networks then? What's like on, for example, Louisville's exhibition game was on Wave and they just had to preempt to whatever I'm sure was their traditional programming at that time to, to allow Louisville to be played on there. I mean, what about Kentucky? What's on WLKY tonight at, during the game? What's on? Well, uh, I think if you do that, then the SEC gets involved because any game that is any game that's involving an SEC team, you have to you have to work something out with SEC Network to show it. Because okay. I think ESPN and SEC Network get the first stab well, at any UK sporting event. So if like WLKY wanted to stream the UK game, they would probably have to pay the SEC Network to do that, and maybe the price tag's too big. That would be my guess. And again, that's that's. Uh, no, I don't know that for sure, but that would be my guess. SEC uh, Network has a uh, women's soccer on tonight, Georgia and <laughs> the Vanderbilt. And that's ridiculous that you're going to show Georgia and Vanderbilt. for women's soccer. And, and there is an SEC alternate channel, and I've got it pulled up right now. They don't have anything. It's off the air. Yeah. They don't have anything planned for that. So I have no idea why they just wouldn't put it on the SEC alternate channel so you could watch it. Again, there's a lot of money involved with these CV deals, a lot of stuff that we don't know about, but that would be my guess. I think that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, Trevor, what do you want to see from Kentucky in an exhibition game like tonight? I know Louisville played Bellarmine yesterday. Not the not the best game for Louisville, and you're not going to expect to look like you are in March. In November, but what do you want to? What should a team showcase against such an inferior opponent in an exhibition game? Uh, well, in, in, in most times I would say the new faces, but in Kentucky's case, that's almost a year by year uh, thing to say. And there's so many new faces on in that situation that you, you can hardly name them all. But I tell you, for example, in this, I say that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna retract myself and say. The one of the returning faces. I don't know if Poitras will be play. I don't know how much he'll play. He'll tonight. play. Yeah, I, I, he, I, mean, I bet he won't play a ton, but he'll play. And I, and I'm sure I don't expect him to play a ton, but I am. I do. I will, he will be one guy I'll have circled and see how he looks. I know it'll be in small doses and in the competition. You can take it with a grain of salt, but I, I'll be interested to see how he looks coming off surgery and as well as not only just what he does on the court with his own abilities. But almost as like being that leader, that that upperclassman leader that maybe Kentucky, the, the role that I think he needs to have with Kentucky this year. That on top of that, I'm looking at seeing Ulysses and how he, uh, him and maybe Murray mesh together at certain ways. And of course, no doubt about it, I'll be watching LeBissier to see how he now. I mean, if he dominates, yeah, you can say, oh well, he dominated a bunch of you know kids that were probably JV level high school playing in, at a college Division three, whatever university in Ottawa. But nonetheless, he's supposed to dominate. But I'm looking to see hopefully good things from him. 
Yeah, the, you kind of pretty much you touched on a lot of things, but those were also things that I kind of wanted to see in UK's first exhibition game, getting to play against an opponent that isn't themselves, that hasn't been practicing with them. So I want to see how the three guards play together because that's something I think Kentucky's going to do a lot of. And when it becomes March Madness, and that seems like a lifetime away, but it'll be here before we know it because we know how quickly basketball season moves. That's the UK's best lineup is having those three guards play with one another, at least in my opinion. So let's see how they start out. Let's see what they have to improve on, which should be a lot, and just see if it looks like a good fit, if it looks like a good mesh, and I, I think it will. Uh, Alex Poitras won't play a lot, but let's make sure that his confidence is still up an injury like uh, like his knee injury from last season that can stay in your head and, and that can make you do things that you don't normally do. Uh, we haven't seen that in the scrimmages. We didn't see that in the blue-white game. I didn't see it when I went to the practice. So hopefully uh, that's just completely out. But you probably you are going to need to actually see him do that against a really good opponent, maybe do before you can completely dismiss the idea that there is some sort of mental block. And then, like you mentioned, you pretty much touched on everything I was going to touch on. Scalabissier. Oh, now who's repeating who? Will he well, – you, you made some good points. I'll give you a little pat on the back. Jack, go over there and give him a pat on the back. Uh, he – can he score in the interior? Those are things I'm going to continue to watch. If he can't, is he going to be efficient enough with other guys playing him? Teams are going to be really aggressive with him. Uh, and this is another thing I'm going to watch tonight. And I don't – with it being an exhibition game, I think they can play by their own rules, Trevor. They don't have to play by NCAA rules. But I, I wonder if foul trouble is going to be a concern. Uh, it, it looked like it would be in the blue-white game. Can Scalabissier stay out of foul trouble? Will he play smart? Will Jamal Murray play smart? Will, will the freshman play smart, including Isaiah Briscoe? Those are all things I'm going to be keeping on. Now, when I say they don't have to play by NCAA rules, I I don't know if Scalabissier gets five fouls if he's going to be out of the game. They may allow him just keep playing because it I is th- an I think you can't, can't you foul out? I mean, Anawaku fouled out of the Bellerman game. Well, I, I think it might be a mutual agreement with the coaches. Okay. I could be I could be wrong about that altogether. But with it not being technically a game, an NCAA game, it's as far as I'm concerned, I think it's just basically a scrimmage. Hey, Cal doesn't follow the NCAA's rules when it comes to recruiting. Why should he follow them in an exhibition game? That's a good one. It says the man who is a fan of a program that has a sex scandal on their campus involving prostitutes and trippers. And you're so that's over, a good one. And you're that's so a good over one. now. I mean, I mean yeah. see, that's, that's a hilarious thing. Listen to this world that you're in now. If you want to try to talk smack about Cal or UK and the NCAA, people get to say <laughs> you had prostitutes on your campus to have sex with recruits. And then, you know, you drop the mic like I'm literally going to do, and I'm going to end my radio show. Should I be, we'll be back tomorrow. right now? <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. Let's bring on the Nappy Roots, 4 o'clock, 14.50, the Sports Buzz. We'll see you then. Don't forget to seven over hitting two. Song call it blue grass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of tone. Lay back in the lap and take two to the